0: It's good to know who your real friends are because if you know that, then you can invest in those people. If you're investing in the wrong people, you're just basically wasting your time, wasting your energy, especially if you are investing into maybe a toxic person, a person that's sucking your energy and not reciprocating the friendship. So I think it's really important to identify those types of friendships so that you can avoid them or at least classify them so you can put some boundaries around that relationship. So for some of us, friendships can be a bit confusing. I, for one, have never had a ton of friends. I think I've talked about this in other videos. I think it's because my definition of friendship is a little different than a lot of other people's. I hear people saying, a lot of the time, they'll be like, oh, meet my friend so-and-so, or I have a friend that does this, or I have a friend that says this, and then when I kind of like investigate a bit further, it's not really what I would call a friend. Basically, there's no one clear definition of what that even means. So it's something that everybody kind of defines for themselves, it seems like. So, you know, it could be anything from somebody you have a close relationship with to an acquaintance for some people. An acquaintance some people call friends. In fact, recently I somebody said, "Oh, I have a friend who does this." And I said, "Oh, what's their name?" And then they couldn't remember the person's name, and I kind of trapped that person for a second because if you don't even know the person's name, why are you calling them a friend? But, you know, maybe that's because of things like Facebook, which uses the word friend to describe pretty much anybody. So, it's obvious that we human beings are social creatures that require friendship on some level. I would say most people kind of require some kind of companionship in their life. Um, Obviously different people require different levels of that. And sometimes friendships can get messy because we're also creatures that want things. And sometimes friendship is used as a means to get what people want. And traditionally that has been confusing for me. And it's not something that I've ever wanted to do. I, I have no desire to pursue a fake friendship in order to get something. But I've had plenty of people Do that to me. So when I wrote this article, I had kind of decided that rather than cut those types of people out of my life, oh, you're a fake friend, I don't want you in my life, I just wanted to be able to recognize that and classify it a bit so I could kind of, in my mind, categorize that person, maybe put some boundaries up, put up some expectations. This person is not a close friend of mine, but, you know, they are a certain type of friend and I want to respect that connection, but at the same time, not let them take advantage of me. So as an example, sometimes I'll think that somebody's trying to get to know me because they actually want to be my friend. And then I later find out that it's, it's mainly just a business thing. They just want a business connection. I want to be the type of person that can have business connections. I think that's a healthy thing. But I don't want to, you know, pour my expectations into that and expect something more than they're actually looking for. To a lot of people, this whole thing might just sound completely unnecessary. They're like, holy, you're taking this super serious why are you trying to do this? Just chill and hang out with people. And I wish I was that type of person, to be honest. It's been a thing in my life where I think I'm friends with somebody and I, I sort of crave something deeper. And with certain people, I have got it and it's awesome, I love that. And other people, I just haven't been able to get there. In the past, there's been times where I've actually taken it personally. Like if somebody's your best friend, I feel like there's almost obligations that go along with that. If you want to call me your best friend, then you, know, you, you kind of got to act like a best friend. So as a result of all this, I kind of came up with this framework to kind of classify my friendships into sort of three main categories. And I find with these three categories, it's much easier to deal with on an emotional level. So I have the right expectations for this relationship. I'm not expecting this person to fulfill some deep connection relationship with one. And I've found that it's actually really helped. And since I wrote that article, I've had quite a few people let me know that, you know, they found it really useful as well. So let's dive into it. Let's dive into the first type of friendship. So the first type is probably the most obvious. Um, it doesn't need really a lot of explanation, but these are deep connection friendships. These are actually your true friends. You connect with a person on a, on a deep level. So deep connection friendships often feel somewhat effortless. And there's an emotional connection underneath it all that kind of acts as the glue that kind of holds the relationship together. And a real deep connection relationship It's not like one person's trying to get something out of the other person. It's just friendship that both people are seeking and a level of trust develops because of that. And you kind of just have each other's back. It's not a super common type of relationship to get. You might only get you know, a few of these in your whole life. I mean, if you get one, I would say you're even lucky. And the key is basically a a level of emotional intimacy that develops. What is emotional intimacy? Emotional intimacy is the freedom to be yourself, the freedom to express your thoughts, and just the feeling like this person gets you and accepts you, no matter who you are, what you say. If you have to act like somebody else or say things or avoid certain things to make this person happy or even to accept you, I would say you don't have a deep level of emotional intimacy. Real deep connection relationships. You can be 100% yourself and this person accepts you for who you are. And there's a level of understanding and trust that comes out of that that is just amazing. And when you actually achieve that, There's nothing better in my opinion. And really, that's what I've always been looking for. And so certain relationships, I'm kind of trying to get to that place. And for some reason, I can't get there. So let's talk about the next two types and that'll explain more. All right, so I'm gonna skip the second type right now. Gonna go straight to the third type. And after I explain it, you will understand why. So the third type, Of friendship is a gimme gimme friendship. So a gimme gimme friendship is characterized by one person wanting something and that's why it's called gimme gimme. It's like gimme your stuff and then you've got another person that is giving. So you've got basically a giver and a taker in that relationship and that's sort of the key aspect of this. So the general goal of the taker in a gimme-gimme relationship is to strike up this friendship in order to get something in return. So what kind of things does a gimme-gimme want? Basically, anything you have. You can basically ask yourself, what do you have to offer? And you might get people striking up friendships in order to get that thing. You know, it could be something as simple as status that they want. Um, Maybe you have a nice car, a nice home. It could be a skill. It could just be that you're very supportive Or it could be just that you have certain stuff that people like. You know, people like to hang out with other people that have cool stuff. And so, you know, generally, the more successful you get in life, the more friends you have. And so it's not a coincidence. People like those things. People like to hang out with successful people. People like status. The emotional side of things, maybe if you're just a really encouraging, empathetic people, you might end up with... You know, people that really need a lot of reassurance. So these people are sort of friends with you in order to get that reassurance. So what's an example? Let's say you're a photographer, and all of a sudden a person with a blog that needs a lot of photos, say like a family lifestyle brand type thing, all of a sudden they're wanting to be friends. They want to be friends with you because then they can get some free pictures. It's, it, would, it wouldn't be something that people would really easily admit to, but it kind of can be a subconscious reason. I could really you know, learn some things from this person I would like to be friends with them. So I should now clarify that the point of recognizing a gimme gimme relationship isn't so that you can cut this person off. And really that's the whole point. I don't want to cut these people off. So another word for a gimme gimme friendship is basically a business relationship. It sort of could be Uh, I scratch your back, you scratch mine kind of relationship. You know, if somebody else has something that you need and you have something that they need and you can kind of have this interaction and learn from each other, maybe encourage each other. Maybe you don't have what is required to have like that deep connection friendship, but maybe you kind of connect on a few key areas and it could be, you know, a successful business relationship. Gimme Gimme Relationships if they're disguised and hidden, I think can be really damaging because you've got somebody just doing taking or this other person giving, hoping to get to that deep connection stage. However, if you can look at it more like a business relationship, you can put up proper boundaries and you know actually get something good out of that. It's called networking and traditionally I'm not great at networking to be honest. I'm kind of like super introverted if you Maybe I don't come across that way on these videos, but you know I could just stay at home and never leave <laughs> sometimes. I could stay at home for days sometimes and really not even talk to anybody. And networking is one area I've often struggled with, to be honest. So, you know, if I can recognize that, oh, this person is looking for a business connection or a gimme-gimme type relationship where they want something from me, maybe there's something that I can get from them. And, you know, if it really is just a one-sided, like, parasitic relationship, obviously that's not healthy. But oftentimes, maybe it can be a successful relationship. It's just not going to be that deep connection relationship. So you have to keep your head on straight and not expect that out of the person. So that all of a sudden you're like, why aren't you reciprocating my deep friendship? And the person's like, whoa, I wasn't looking for that. I just wanted, you know, to network a bit. You cannot expect these people to behave the way a deep connection friend would. All right, so jumping back to the second type, I like to call them conditional relationships. And this is where I think the vast majority of relationships lie. So it's basically, you are friends, but there's conditions on that relationship. Something like, you are my friend if, So the key with this type of relationship, though, is it's a little tricky because most people don't like to admit that the conditions actually exist. They like to pretend that they have a real deep connection friendship. But when you look closely, you can start to see the conditions. So in a way, conditional friendships are a mixture of gimme gimme friends and real deep connection friendships. So how do you know if a friendship is a deep connection friendship or a conditional friendship? Well, if you look close, the word if will be attached to some very substantial condition. So, for example, I will be your friend as long as you say the right things and validate me. Or, you know, I could be your friend if you dress a certain way, or you behave a certain way, or you do certain things, or as long as you keep doing certain things. So, sadly, even a lot of marriages fall into this category. There are conditions, and if that person does not live up to them, that relationship will probably end. So other examples might be religious beliefs or philosophical beliefs. I will be your friend as long as you are a Christian. A lot of people, you know, if you leave a religion or you you lose a lot of friends. So that's a sad truth that a lot of relationships within a religious context are conditional friendships. You know, it could be something like success. You know, I will be your friend as long as you are successful. You know, somebody goes through a hard time, goes bankrupt, all of a sudden, oh, that that friendship isn't so attractive anymore. A lot of people will leave. So other things might be, you know, activity-based friends. So say you are a squash player or like a tennis player or something, you obviously need friends to do that with. You can't just play by yourself. Oh, I guess you could against a wall or something. But in order to play proper tennis, you need some friends. So, you know, I will be your friend as long as you play tennis with me. But if all of a sudden, you know, somebody breaks their arm and they're not playing tennis anymore, that relationship might dissolve. So working at the same company could be another thing. I will be your friend as long as we are working together. So work Friendships would be an example of that. And you kind of know what I'm talking about because if you've ever worked at like a big company and you kind of get to know these people and they could almost be classified as your friends, but then soon as you leave the company, say you quit or move on to a new position, all of a sudden you don't really hear from those people anymore, do you? So you kind of know that that was the condition. So let's say you need somebody to play tennis with because you're a tennis player and obviously you need people to play with. So That might be an example of a gimme-gimme friendship. Like, I just need you to stand over there and we'll play tennis together. I'm not looking for anything else. So that would be a gimme-gimme relationship. But sometimes, you know, what happens if that expands past that point and you actually start to form a bit of a connection? You have an actual friendship. Maybe you hang out outside of tennis a little bit. Maybe you go for some drinks after. Maybe you text a little bit. but basically, the condition still exists that I'm your friend because of tennis. However, um, a way that you can always know if these friendships are genuine is if you stop doing the activity, or let's say you move jobs, or you graduate from school, and do you still hang out with these people? If the relationship kind of dwindles off into nothing, maybe at first you still hang out, but you know over time it kind of just goes away, Maybe one person is still trying to like breathe into that relationship and the other person just isn't putting any effort in. Maybe they might return your text once in a while. You know, that's how you start to know that maybe that was a conditional relationship. It was just there because of work or school or that activity that you used to do. So when a conditional relationship kind of fades off after the actual condition isn't being met anymore, um, these relationships, it's not like they become enemies or something, but they kind of just sort of fade off. You kind of lose touch. Maybe you're just more acquaintances or more like old friends. Um, a lot of old friends, you know, are like that. And if all of a sudden you see each other again, it's like, oh, you, you have this commonality. You can even like hang out for a bit and do some catch up. At the end of the day, you know, you just, you don't stay in touch like a deep connection friendship where you actually need each other on that emotional level. Maybe you provide emotional support for each other regardless of the tennis match or the work stuff. And oftentimes you can kind of tell by the conversation. It's like you see this certain person and all of a sudden you're just talking about work stuff. Let's say you're both investors or something like that. Now you're just talking about investing, investing and buying this company and buying this stock and funds and and at the end of the day, you leave and you haven't talked about anything else. So that's, that, that's, a, that's a good sign that it's basically a conditional relationship and sort of a topic-based thing. So here's the problem with type two friends. It's really hard to know the intentions behind the relationship. It's hard to know the why of this other person. It's hard to know why they wanna be your friend. Maybe they do see you as a deep connection friend or maybe it is just a convenience based relationship they see you at work or you know you're in a certain club together it's really hard to actually know until you leave that situation if you don't leave the situation then it's gonna be really tricky to know. Like, is this person, you know, leaning towards a type one friend, which would be a deep connection? Or are they more towards the type three? So if you actually left this job and you didn't see each other every day for eight hours a day, would it kind of just sort of go into the gimme gimme friend? Maybe they only call you when they need something. Or it could just sort of fizzle away and become like an old friend. So, you know, as you kind of experiment and go through life, you might start to notice that, oh, you know, that person, really has no interest in me unless I'm giving them something. You're like, ooh, warning, red flag, that could be a type 3 type person. Or, you know, let's say you stop playing tennis, and that's how you guys kind of got to know each other, and, you know, but this person is still there you've actually crossed that barrier into like emotional intimacy. So the next thing to talk about here is one-sided relationships. And I feel like this is where a lot of relationships go wrong and where the problem lies. So a one-sided relationship in my definition is when two people have a relationship but they are at different levels of friendship. So let's say one person is trying to get to that deep connection type one friend and another person's just happily at level two or what happens if somebody's at level two and somebody else is just level three so what's the best way to kind of decide if you're in a one-sided relationship i think that you kind of have to test that relationship a bit you know what happens if you don't contact that person for a week do they reciprocate you know i got certain friends where if i didn't contact them they probably just wouldn't contact me (laughs) is that person a real friend maybe not Maybe it's just a conditional friend or a gimme gimme friend. But there's other people that I'm friends with, my true close friends, where if I don't contact them for a few days, they're going to contact me and be like, hey, what's up? I haven't heard from you. Like, is everything okay? And I know that those people are my friends because of that. I can't really get away from them very easily. And even if I'm upset, let's say I'm upset at one of these people. Let's say we're having a fight. I know they're a real friend because we resolve it. Both people want to resolve the issue. And it's actually a really good way to know, is somebody your friend? Can you have a really bad fight and then work it out and be fine? Some relationships you have one fight and it's just over. One of the people just leave. They just abandon. It's just like, oh, I'm I'm not into fighting. You are a jerk, I'm out of here. You know, that person was probably never your friend to begin with, but a real friend will stick it out and it's actually worth fixing. So one of my closest friends in the past, we used to have good fights. It's almost like as we were learning to get to know each other, we were both such intense people, (laughs) if that makes sense, that we would have these pretty aggressive disagreements and arguments, but we always made up. And we always both apologized because we both wanted that relationship so much. And I've had other people where it's almost like you can't say anything to them. So you got to kind of tiptoe around. And if there's any fights whatsoever, all of a sudden they're just ghosting you. It's like they only want you if things are good or things are easy. And I would kind of argue that that is not a deep connection friendship if somebody only wants you when you know things are good. So what is the overarching point of this video? I would say the overall point is expectations and not having them dashed. You can see it everywhere. Friendships that are stuck on different levels or even family relationships are like this. You've got maybe a parent that is looking for something out of their child and the child's not interested and then they're stuck on different levels and then expectations form and then when those expectations are kind of dashed, people get angry and they're like entitled and they're like, why aren't you meeting my expectations? How dare you not meet my expectations? And I think that really is the key takeaway here. You cannot put expectations on somebody else to your own emotional needs. You know, unless you already are at that deep connection relationship. Here's you've got somebody calling you your best friend. I think at that point, you can have a few expectations and maybe you do have the right to be a little upset if they're treating you poorly. If you're not quite at that deep connection level, I think you'd be really careful putting too many expectations on people. It's a very slow build. And this is why I think extremely narcissistic people often can be friends with somebody for a while, let's say a few months even. They might be able to last that relationship, but eventually they pile on the expectations and almost they're they're waiting to be served. They're waiting for people to meet all their needs and do things for them and then the relationship ends and then they're upset and they freak out because this person wasn't doing what they want. How dare you not do what I want? And that's really what a narcissist is. It's somebody who really has a lot of needs and almost sees people as tools. They don't see other people as people. They basically are like, you are my tool to be used. That's sort of my best analogy for narcissists. So what happens then if you want a deeper level of friendship than somebody is willing to give you at this time? I would say you kind of have two choices, but either way, you don't want to get angry and pile on expectations and basically scare this person away. So the first way is basically just keep working at it. Be a good friend, be gracious, have patience with this person. So these are the qualities that actually build friendships. And if you do that long enough, you know, maybe this person will come to trust you more and you can just slowly build that, that friendship up. But You know, if you get angry at that person for not doing that quickly enough or not trusting you, anger is the emotion of judgment. You can't really be angry without having some associated judgment and people don't like to be judged. So the second choice is if you are investing in a person and they're just not reciprocating, they're not stepping up to the plate and you start to wonder if maybe this isn't going anywhere. So it might be tempting to just, you know, get upset with this person. I would say just chill, take a step back. You got to look at it the way it can be. Maybe this person would be a great type two friend. You call them up when you want to go mountain biking or maybe you need a tennis partner or you have a good chat, but you don't expect anything further. Or maybe this person's a good business connection to have, you know, once in a while, maybe you can do a trade of service or maybe this person has some skills that you can use in the future. And I think there's no shame in just recognizing that this person's a good business connection and it's never really gonna go past that point. And now you as a person can kind of find some peace in that. You you know, your expectations are managed and you're not, you know, expecting too much. So another thing I wanna talk about, just really quickly before I go, is that a lot of people get kind of hung up on certain people must be their friend. It's like, oh, I've been friends with this person for 20 years or 10 years. I've been friends with this person all through high school. This person must be my best friend and I must treat them that way. The reality is, though, a lot of old friends and it's just not really working might just be type two friends that you're kind of clutching and holding on to too tight. Sometimes you gotta kinda just let People go, let things breathe a bit. Maybe there's somebody that you think could be a friend, maybe if you fostered that a bit. It's okay to relax on some other relationship that just isn't working. You don't have to be friends. Just because you've been friends with this person for five years or 10 years doesn't mean you have to be friends with them in the future. You can let that person go. And there's always going to be new people to work on and use that energy and put that into some new relationship. And you never know what new relationships can form. So thanks for watching. I hope you got something out of it. You know, if you have anything to add, feel free to leave a comment. I always try to read the comments on my newest video first, and I try to keep up to date on those. It's sometimes hard to keep up with the old videos and comments on the old videos. But I always try to answer comments on my latest video. So leave a comment, I love to hear from you. I'll probably respond. And I hope you have a great day and good luck with your friendships. Peace.